Eternal Entrepreneur, we believe faith comes by hearing, and so do business skills. You'll hear powerful stories and strategies to grow your business, directly from Christian leaders who have done it all before. Catch us on Mondays for lunch breaks, our bite-sized business series, and twice a month on Fridays for faith-inspiring interviews. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Pierce Brantley, along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we could not be more excited to share with you our conversation with Jill Monaco. Jill Monaco is the founder and CEO of Jill Monaco Ministries, a nonprofit that encourages people to pursue the presence of God and find freedom in Christ. She is a speaker, a podcaster, author, and ACC credentialed coach with the International Coach Federation, and her first book, The Freedom Coach Model, went to number one on the Amazon bestseller list. Jill, it's uh, awesome to have you on The Eternal Entrepreneur. Officially welcome. Thank you for, so much for having me. Yeah, I, I feel like with guests like you, it's almost more advantageous for us to say what they don't do uh, than list <laughs> off everything that you do. But we like to start the episodes by going a little bit into your backstory and getting uh, a glimpse into how you found yourself in the, the whole entrepreneurial lifestyle, if you will. Can you tell us how, how you ended up an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think I came out of the womb an entrepreneur. I remember when I was little, they had this thing, I think for MS and they sent you a package and you could put on a carnival and raise money. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I can think of many times when I was little where I was like, I want to try this thing. And it was never about money, though. It was always just about I want to do this thing for good. And I was very creative. And that actually led me. I was an actor full time for 30 years and actress. And I majored in musical theater and that that whole journey is being an entrepreneur because you're getting your own agent, going to gigs, sending postcard thank yous, all the ways before really internet and social media wasn't around at that time. So learning how to promote yourself and, and run a business. Where's the money coming from? I don't know. A gig will come through. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but yeah. So that's that was the beginning of my journey. Yeah. I love being an actor. It's, it's truly a faith journey, whether you believe in God at the time or not, not knowing when where the next paycheck is going to come from. I'm curious because I, I know your story specifically. You started hearing God's voice before you even were a Christian. Can you share a little bit about that? Like, how did you go from acting to a coach that you focus so much on hearing God's voice and finding freedom? It's my testimony, really. It's a strange story with many pieces. I'll try and keep it brief. But so I was acting full time and there was a, an, a strike with the union. I'm SAG and AFTRA. And, and so work was dried up. It was shortly after 9-11. So the trade show industry, which I was a narrator for, also dried up. And so I was in this place where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. And I was not walking with God yet, but I was raised Catholic. And so I had a belief in God and I would pray when I needed something or when I met up and I had a view of God that was not so much fatherly and loving, but if I was repentant enough, he'd bail me out that kind of view of the father. And, and so I was like, I, I need to figure out this income thing. And so I started going to church thinking if I behaved, he would reward me with money. And so I started going to this really tiny little church and I'm hearing the gospel. And then they heard that I needed a gig because of the strike. And so they said, Hey, how about you come on staff and lead uh, or arrange the worship music and direct some of the dramas and we'll pay you part-time and you'll get health insurance. I was like, Oh, score. 
That's awesome. But it was just a gig for me. And uh, so I was sleeping with my boyfriend. I was not a Christian by any means. I believed in God, but not having my life dedicated to him. I remember it was during that time I had ordered some furniture and it was being delivered. And I had this like, where are they? It was like nine o'clock at night and they were late. And, and so I just was like, where are they? Curious in my own mind. And I heard in my head, like a grocery list that you forgot something. I heard not audibly, but in my head, they're looking for your place and they can't find it. And I was like, huh. So I walked outside and my townhouse was in a cul-de-sac and there sure enough was the moving truck at the end of the street. And the guy comes up to me and says, oh, we've been looking for your house and we couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's strange. So I go into my garage and I'm waiting for them to pull back the truck. And I said out loud, I was like, God, I know that's you, but why am I hearing you over all these little random things that don't matter? Because that had already happened in a couple other ways. And I heard again, because I want you to know my voice in the big things. And I was like, and I knew that was God. I even have goosebumps right now. There was a presence that came on with that. And it was different than I had experienced God in the past. And it was like an invitation. And so fast forward, I'm on staff at this church and uh, they're asking me to now lead worship. And I was like, oh no, I can't do that. I'm thinking my life is not sin free. That's just how you think at the time. And that was, I knew it was a holy place. And so I went home that night and I got on my knees and I said, God, I cannot take, I cannot do that because this is my life. This is my sin where I've been, you know what I struggle with. And I just keep, I don't want to keep failing in these areas, but I do. And, but I gave my life to Christ. I said, if you'll help me to be better, I will live for you. I will do this for you, but you've got to help me. It was really like the prayer of salvation. I just didn't know the rules. And so that's how I got saved. And then I was, I worked in ministry for probably another decade at different mega churches and big nonprofits. And then I transitioned back into being an entrepreneur when I was laid off. And that's when I really, I started the ministry accidentally. It was God tricked me. <laughs> so many things about that crack me up as far as yeah us it's it's almost better when we quote unquote don't know the rules yeah. I, I think sometimes and then yeah god tricking us so tell us a little bit more because i know you started off a, as an entrepreneur with creating a, a magazine for a while and that was mm -hmm. one of your first forays in there that was another time where god kind of tricked you so to say at the time i had I was working for wickliffe and i got laid off and i was looking for jobs and in the meantime i thought i'm just going to serve you god how do you want me to serve you while i'm looking for a job and i was doing some consulting and he was providing financially really another really fun story of how he did that but i was walking in faith again and didn't know i was walking into starting a ministry but i had a friend that was like you have a lot of wisdom to offer singles who are struggling and i did i felt like god was like they need freedom they they need to know who they are in me and they need to be healed and whole before me like the enemy is attacking marriages period whether you're before marriage or in marriage and so i just started getting this sense of of they need to, we all need to walk through forgiveness and overcome rejection and shame and fear and all these topics. And so where God had me start, it was through a magazine. It's still up. It, we don't add anything to it. It's singlematters.com. And we have over a thousand articles there. And I got friends and people that introduced me to people that wrote these really beautiful pieces to encourage singles. And it was a lot of work. I had no idea what I was doing. Build a WordPress site and email list. And I had no idea what I was doing. 
I didn't know that was just going to be for a season that was more like a training ground into being an entrepreneur and all the challenges that come with that, like when it gets hard and when people fail you and and trying to live on faith. And in that time, a friend said, you really should start a nonprofit. So I started, I created my 501c3, which is Jill Monaco Ministries, only because I couldn't think of a name. Okay. It's not because I love my name, you guys. I just couldn't think of a name that the government would approve. Everything I thought of, they're like, no, too close to something else. I'm like, fine. And I, that's a funny story too, because I was like, God, I don't want to be my name. And he asked me a question. I heard him say, so what was the name of Jesus's ministry? I was like, I don't even have one. It was just the ministry of Jesus. He said, yeah. I don't really care. So just fine. So then I started the 501c3 and then we were able to start getting some donations in to continue that work. And then a couple of years, I'd say maybe four, five years ago, I really started feeling God pull me away from the magazine. And we still have a Facebook group. I still have a page and we still minister to singles, but he wanted me to focus on freedom for everybody. Those same topics because everyone struggles with that. It was a little hard to make that shift mentally. I didn't want to feel like I was failing or giving up on what he told me to do. So I really needed to hear him say shift now. And it was in that time that people, I really listened to, now that I'm saying this, I'm like, it's like the third time, but he said, you should be a coach. And I was like, what's that? So God really uses other people in our lives to, to help us walk into our calling. And so I started investigating coaching and realized I loved inner healing and I loved what the church was able to do, but coaching out an element of where are we now and where do we want to go? How do we keep pressing towards our goals? And then we do get stuck. So how do we use faith and hearing God and those kinds of things in order to marry the two things? And so then that's how I what I'm walking in now is what I know what I was called to do, which is uh, freedom coaching. Jill, I love that because I think so many of us, when the Lord moves us into something, it's a bit of an adventure. And you used the word pull earlier. And I love that because it's in parallel with what you're doing now and how the Lord almost coached you into coaching. Yeah. For those who are they're building their business or they're moving into entrepreneurship, can you go a little bit deeper into what that pull felt like, looked like, how you recognize that was the Lord's leading? Because you look at the fruit of your life and it's and it's self-evident. And so it's easy on the other side of it. But for those who are looking for the pool or questioning the pool, I would love for you to unpack that because I think that's really special. I think I'm the kind of person that I am okay taking risks and jumping in. And I think there's that has to be a part of an entrepreneur. We have to feel like if you don't pull the trigger, you're not an entrepreneur. <laughs> you're just a dreamer. So I would, in this time, in the beginning of the ministry, I had lots of free time. And so I would go walks for hours every day with God and ask him questions. And he would ask me questions. And one of those times when I was walking, he said, this will be your life. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? I'm going to get a job. And I, I was like, I'm, I'm still interviewing God. Like we're not doing that. This is like, I'm doing it out of obedience. Cause you, I felt so many things made sense and confirmations and people encouraging me, but this is before I was coaching. So this is just starting the ministry, doing the magazine. I was traveling around the country, praying for people. I was seeing healing and it was just incredible time about three years where I was just serving God, however he told me to and living on faith financially. So it was a three-year journey of feeling pulled by God into being an entrepreneur, but I wasn't clear on what and what he wanted me to do. So I just knew that every single day as I went to him and said, what do you want me to do today? And I was just obedient with that day's agenda that I started, we started 
I hate to say I was building trust with God, but I was starting to build what was his vision for my life. I think if he told me, I, because I've uh, in my strength finders, I have strategic and achiever. He tells me what to do. I'm like, I'm doing it now. I've got the strategy. I do the business plan. So for me, he slowed me down because he had to build my character and me being able to hear him and be obedient when I had no financial stability in order to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what he called me to. And so it was that daily talking to him and prayer and walking in faith that made me feel more and more pulled into what I'm now doing, which is just helping myself learn how to hear God. And, and all the tools he taught me during that time of I didn't know what I was doing. Now I'm teaching others how to hear God in that same way through coaching. So that was the pull. It was very slow, but it was a journey. So it wasn't like some people start off like, I know what I'm supposed to do and they go for it. He's never let me do it that way. I think that's, I love you that you articulated it that way because I think the pull often has its own time frame as entrepreneurs we like to think of ourselves as slingshots we're fling we're flung forward as fast as as we can possibly give ourselves momentum but the lord is a potter and we're clay and sometimes yeah. moving us into that shape that we can even hold something he wants to give us takes time and i i, I don't think he's particularly worried by that most right. of the time so much of what we do, oftentimes, you mentioned, we talked about the pool, but oftentimes there's a pain behind our passion. There's something in our past that moves us into mm. greater calling or the Lord heals us from that. Is there any aspect of that that is true in your own life? Or did you just find freedom ministry as something that you enjoyed and have been running off to the sunset ever since then? <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely, again, at the time, I didn't know what he was doing. It's so much easier to see the way he weaves things together looking back. But I was going through a lot of inner healing myself for some childhood abuse that I had. So I was around 12, 13 years old when I was going to the Catholic church and I was involved in the youth group and there was a priest in charge of that and he abused me me all summer. And so I've talked about this story before, and I think I didn't talk about it publicly till actually a couple of years ago, but that I didn't know how much that impacted me. I just thought a lot of things that weren't true about me because I had repeated experiences with men in ministry that made me feel like something's wrong with me, that married men are attracted to me. And there was nothing I could do to dress more modestly, or I was accused of flirting. I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even attracted to him. So that first job in ministry, when I was a worship leader, that pastor made a pass at me. The next job was a mega church and that leader did things that were not okay. And so I found this pattern. And so what it did is it caused me to have beliefs about myself that weren't true. And it had, it gave me fears. I was as much afraid of rejection as I was acceptance. And so that played into what I believed about God. So what you believe about God, others, and yourself, I was very stuck in that. So I started going through some ministry and inner healing at church and really going through courses and, and just really digging deep to heal myself from rejection. And it was really funny because right around the time that I was being confronted with, Jill, you've got to let your walls down. And I remember saying, no, my walls have protected me they're good. Like I've, I've figured out a way to make men stop being inappropriate. And 
then that's, that's a long story, but God was starting to show me, let your walls down. And so there was a intercessor at my job and we prayed together and I said, okay, walk me through this. Let's help me to let these down. A week later, James Robbins TV show, Life Today, called me and asked me if I'd be on their show to talk about freedom from rejection. <laughs> it's been like a week, people. It's no, quick. <laughs> yeah. But I think God was trying to like, when you're afraid of being rejected, you don't want to go on TV and talk about that. But God was like, you're going to solidify this thing that you just told me you want me to help you with. I did that and I was scared the whole time and told my story. And so that's the kind of the journey God's taken me on from my childhood abuse in order to just keep taking these little steps of faith as God has asked me to. Gives me an opportunity to walk in obedience and heal at a deeper level. And all of those things have been the journey that led me to create Freedom Coaching. I think that's really powerful. Absolutely powerful. Thank you. So let's go into Freedom Coaching a little bit and do a little bit more of a deeper context. There's sure. all kinds of coaching out there. You can coach your dog. You can coach yourself five different ways. <laughs> coaching is abundant, but I think for the Christian, there's something about freedom in Christ that is central to the way we operate. Christians don't go from progress to progress. We go from glory to glory. And I think there is something really unique about your approach to coaching. And so I'd love for you to unpack how freedom coaching is different and some of the benefits that you know, entrepreneurs can get from uh, your approach. So when I went to study with the international, with a school and then get certified and credentialed with the International Coach Federation, they have some core competencies that are so important to creating an atmosphere that is safe and productive for the client. And so as a coach, I follow all of those guidelines, everything from ethics, of course, but how to set up a conversation, how to have the client define and ask questions so that they define what their goal is of that session. So being trained through the International Coach Federation, they give you these ICF core competencies and everything from ethics to how to help a client really decide what is their goal for the session and then exploring all of the nuances around that so that they can really find a deeper meaning, a deeper thought. And then at the end, you're coming up with goals. And I'm oversimplifying the whole thing, but there is a process for that that I think is an arc of a conversation that's really powerful for clients to be able to walk through. And then what I found is that some people get stuck and they may be stuck somewhere in the middle or, or even in the beginning. I'm not really sure what I want to work on or in the middle. They're like, yes, I, I know I need to come up with this goal, but there's a lie that they believe about themselves, which is a limiting belief in coach talk. And so I found instead of still asking questions and keep pressing through, I stop and say, all right, let's pray and let's hear God. And because I know the way that God speaks in a couple different ways, even if the client doesn't feel like they have a history of being an expert hearer, I always say with, when you're working with Christians, we all hear God, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And everyone heard God when it even came to their own salvation. We were drawn to God. We hear him. We hear him when we feel called to start being an entrepreneur in a business. We have to hear him when we're partnering with him and building our business and how does it look? So whether they hear him in their head, like I've explained, or it's a gut feeling or it's a sense, I, and then it always agrees with the word of God. So in the middle of coaching, we may stop and just say, let's ask God some questions. And so in the middle of that, I'm asking God, 
what question do you want me to ask them? What question are you ready to answer for them? And so then I present that and then they ask God the question. So it could be even in the beginning, God, what do you want to work on today? What do you want to talk about today? And then they'll say, this is what came to mind. And often it works that way. What's the first thing that came to mind? What's your gut telling you? And, and so then we'll start talking about those things. And if they get stuck again and they realize, you know what? I have this belief that I'm not enough. Like that's what's coming to mind. Okay, let's talk about that. Where is I'm not enough showing up in your life right now? What's it keeping you from? What obstacles are you facing because of that lie that you've believed? All right, now let's go back to pray and say, God, I repent of believing the lie that I'm not enough. And I release all the consequences in my life that have come from that, whether forgiving other people, whatever that looks like. And God, tell me what your truth is. And then when the client hears God speak the truth, and we can often imagine it's the opposite, like you are enough, but God always says something different to every single person that blows me away. And I feel like I'm eavesdropping on the most beautiful, intimate conversation that people have with God. And I'm just there like praying for them, praising God for what he's showing them. And they get such breakthrough at the end that when they need to set goals, it's easy. Their goal might be to talk to God more about that. It might be to do some other kind of freedom coaching things on their own. I give them tools for that, but it might just set them free enough to go, I'm ready to pull the trigger on that thing. Let's do it. And so that's how it blends. Freedom coaching is a blend of both coaching and freedom. <laughs> that's so neat. That's so neat. I think what I love about that is there's such an emphasis on intimacy and creating space for the Holy Spirit to have a part and whatever that transformation is that person is looking for. Because I think as business leaders, oftentimes you're achieving your goal setting, you're interested in the next milestone or release or whatever. Yeah. And so the idea of stopping and moving into an intimate place with the Holy Spirit, it's not that it's offensive. It's just in some ways it can seem like a waste of time because you just, the Lord will bless what I'm doing. Let's just go, God, let's go, let's go. And, but it's the opposite. When you have that release, when you have that freedom, all of a sudden your perspective has changed. If you have the mind of Christ and greater capacity, then what you do is actually going to have the residue of heaven in a more articulate way. And I just, that's such a, it's such a, it is a freeing thing. It is a freeing mm -hmm. thing. And it really is a great thing. I think we really have to get the mind of Christ on everything, mm -hmm. not just on who he is. We often, we need to get a, just a different view of who father God is. Mm -hmm. And then we have to see ourselves like he sees us. And we have to see the people that we serve, all of us entrepreneurs, we have clients, we have customers, we have to see them like God sees them. And so I find that this freedom coaching thing is really about developing intimacy with God, even outside of sessions. How do you encounter his presence, mm. find the freedom to be who he created you to be so that you will impact the world in the way that he's already designed for you to do it? Absolutely. Now I can think of years ago. So I sold a company back in... 2013, 2014, a, a little boutique, baby boutique company. And, and I got into a partnership with a, a new business leader and we went to a, it was a, a basically a, a sales thing. And we'd been having ongoing relationships with them with different types of things that we had been offering them. And this person did something 
incredibly just dramatic. What they did is they decided they wanted a portion of their revenue. And that's normal in some types of partnerships if you help them succeed. But they wrote into the contract without them seeing and then tried to get them to sign it by covering over that part with a piece of paper. So it was an extremely bad situation to be in because they were going to become a national asset and everything else. And I panicked. I was full of fear. And my gut instinct is very animalistic. It's let's one, separate myself from the person. One, make sure that they don't ever operate in business again. And like, how do I run as far as I can? And I had, I was full of fear in that. And I left, I excused myself from the meeting once I figured it out. And the next day I was praying and my, like I said, my natural instinct would be, okay, how do I get lawyers involved? And how do I separate myself from the person? I'm praying that morning and the Holy Spirit says, I'm like, I'm just freaking out. And then the Holy Spirit says, if he calls you and asks if how he can change, then you need to stay in, in partnership with him. And I was thinking that wasn't the Lord. There's no way. (laughs) There's no way that that's going to be uh, a situation. I I just don't see that happening from the person. I acknowledge it and then acknowledge it probably was a passing thought. The guy calls me 10 minutes after that. And this is early in the morning. This is 730 in the morning and wants to talk about what happened. And I, I was extremely honest with him. And, but I said, if we're going to stay in business together, One, I need you to be completely transparent with me in terms of your business dealings. Two, I need you to show me that you're doing active listening. And, you know, three, I have to see that you're actually treating clients with, with honesty. And that was hard for me because they were senior towards me. And I don't like being that assertive in those types of relationships. But the Lord had obviously done it. And so he gave me his mindset, which is I'm also looking to restore that person. He was a Christian and my perspective could have just been bury them metaphorically and and written the business sense. And his is how do we bring restoration to a relationship and how do we bring accountability to a relationship that I care about? And that's the way he works. That's the way he works. He's always looking to, I think, restore people and that starts with us, I think, and us partnering with his restorative spirit. But I don't know. I just think what you're doing is fantastic. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Your story is amazing because it really, everybody who does something like that, they've got something going on. They have a belief that they need to have renewed, they need to have the mind of Christ in something. And we need each other to do that. So that's great. Uh, I'm curious, how else does the freedom coaching, how else do you go about using that? And does it go into more than just coaching? Is it like, I know there's a lot of different things that you do. What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about some new things that we're doing. We're watching God just open doors for freedom coaching. And I have always known there was going to be an element down the line where I trained other coaches. We're getting ready to put something together like that, where people have already been certified. The coaching field, by the way, is wide open. A lot of people call themselves coaches and without having some of the training, but because we blend the traditional ICF training freedom, we're going to train those people 
people who want to start implementing this. So we're excited about that. But I also realize there are people in ministry that want to use this in their church or even for their own personal development. And so we're creating a course and some other things that will allow people to get a taste of it, to be able to get their own freedom, just like I did with so many different things. I'm going to put the best of everything I've learned in one spot. And uh, and then hopefully people can help each other and improve their own relationship with God and spiritual growth. So that's the next direction for the business. It's a huge thing. I'm having a little freak out about it because it's a lot of work to be honest. Just let's be honest, entrepreneurs, when God gives you a big vision for something, you're like, okay, how is this going to work? And one of the things God told me very early on is Jill, everything takes longer than you think it will. So everything. And so when he says everything, I ignored him for a few years, but he really means everything. And so I'm patient and I've learned to not rush it and go at his pace for development. But the other really important piece of this for me, and I hope this is a blessing to entrepreneurs, is that I'm always thinking legacy. What can we leave through our work for the next generation and even for someone else to pick up that torch? And so that's what I'm hoping we'll be able to do next. That's really neat. Yeah, I love the language of legacy and even how you're building these other things out. Do you feel as if legacy is something you can architect? It takes a long time to to build a building mm-hmm. and uh, you're doing these different things. What does that feel like? And what is your process for pursuing legacy and what you're doing and, and building it out in a way that's Christ honoring? Because building a business is difficult, right? Yeah, yeah, it is difficult. Um, I think everything that has ever been difficult has been because I got an idea and it might've even been a God idea. And then I thought I knew the whole picture and I just ran with it. And so what makes it less difficult for me now, and I know God works differently with everybody is I can think of two things off the bat. One, I go at his pace and his timing. I do everything possible. I work hard. I work extra hours sometimes if it requires it. I strategize. I get really smart people around me. I even have some friends who are not believers that are great in business or marketing. And I I lean on the community God has given me because that's, we are a light in a dark world, right? I've been a part of an inner circle with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And I was invited to this amazing party in Las Vegas for their top affiliates. And I was like, how did I even get here? But it was one step God told me to promote a program they were doing. It had nothing to do with ministry. And I knew God said to do it. So I did. I helped a ton of Christian entrepreneurs in the process, get their businesses off the ground because I've learned a lot about marketing and funnels and all that. And then when I got there, I met all these amazing people who had pieces that I didn't have. And so that pushed me to the next level. I mean, it's increased my business so much. So there's one part, right? Work hard, network what pieces don't find someone else. That's also strength finder coaching. If it's not your strength, find someone whose strength it is. The other aspect is just as important. And that is rest. I remember walking on the ocean cliffs of this, of the ocean, California, and I was exhausted when I first started ministry and God said something I will never forget. And he said, Jill, everything, another, everything you good that you do will come from a place of rest. And so rest isn't just time out. It's not just a Sabbath. It's while you're working, how do you encounter his rest and his presence and and peace while you're working hard? 
But I tend to, my default is honestly to overwork. And some of that is how I manage my own pain and in ways. And so I've learned to really lean into God, into his rest, so that while I'm developing this idea, I'm staying on task with what his ideas are. And I'm not just going after my own thing because we're really smart. He gave us brilliant minds, but we want to do it the way he wants us to do it. And sometimes that doesn't mean doing it faster. And it doesn't mean doing what the world says, like the build the right funnel, give the free thing, then the $7 thing, then the $47 thing, you know, how that whole thing works. Sometimes God has had me launch something that was coaching 10 women, 1200 bucks right off the bat. There was no free thing and no funnel for it. And it was wildly successful. And then he said, okay, you're not going to do it again. And I'm like, oh my, you're kidding me. It took me forever to build this thing. I'm like, no, this is now, this is when you rinse and repeat. No, that wasn't it. So being obedient to him and just every step of the way, developing, putting it to rest and process. So work hard and rest is my thought on that. Jill, I'm curious, especially since you've come from the history of doing the freedom and the inner healing ministry with people and then applying the coaching to, to help find that can consistency. What, what has been some of the, and this is probably different with, with every person, but have there been any big keys or, or consistent things that you've seen to help people not go around the, the mountain, so to say, when it, comes to some of these breakthroughs and finding that consistency? Yeah, as you said, that one thing came to mind that I think is the most important thing that every single person, every single person has to deal with. And that's forgiveness. It truly is for unforgiveness will block us not only from the heart of the father, but from our destiny. And the reason is because God loves us so much he wants that intimacy. And without that, there's even the story of the man who wouldn't forgive the debt of his servant when he had been forgiven so much from the king. And I was always disturbed by the scripture when it said that this is what your heavenly father will do to you. <laughs> Dude was in jail forever until he paid his debt. And I was like, I don't, I didn't get that for a while. And then I realized that man put himself in jail. Like the king is, and so Jesus paid our debt and we have to embrace that gift of forgiveness in order to then be able to walk into what we're called to do, to have the freedom that he already paid for. And in the forgiveness side, there's different steps to it. We have to forgive them for what they did, for how it made us feel. And then all the consequences in our life. Sometimes we forget about that. Like I'm forgiving them because all these other things happened. Like you get hit by a car, you break your leg and you've got to heal. You've got to go to physical therapy. You're forgiving them for the whole thing. But the most important piece, the, the, the thing that I, no one ever taught me, and then God showed it to me one day, is the most important piece of forgiveness is blessing the other person in the way that they hurt you. And that takes a lot of courage and a lot of trust in God that he's going to make it right somehow. But if they stole money from you, bless them to be financially abundant and blessed. Because the enemy is against them as much as he's against you. And he loses the battle. When you do that, I have found walking through forgiveness for my clients, especially business people and entrepreneurs, especially them will help them. It's like it opens doors that we just didn't expect. Man, that is so good. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we haven't, yeah, that's something I don't think we've talked about yet on the podcast that the importance of forgiveness and yeah, recognizing one that it's not anything to do with them necessarily, but 
that releases you to leave prison and to, to take that next step. That's so good. Jill, I, I feel like we could obviously keep going for a long time. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's time for our <laughs> final five questions. Okay. So we're going to kick off with our, our first question. Question number one, what are your top three must-read books, not including the Bible? And these can be business, family, spiritual, even your favorite cookbook. Okay. One of the books that I've read in the last year, which is a secular book, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And I think his name is Bessel van der Kolk. I might be saying his name wrong. It's one of the first guys who started researching PTSD and what does that look like and how to heal the brain. But the mind-body connection is fascinating. And I highlighted so much in there to go, that's me. That's why I do that. I didn't know that it was the basis was trauma that's still stuck in my body because our cells and our bodies remember everything that happened, even if we're not consciously aware of it. And so I found that really helped in my freedom journey. One of my other favorite books is called The Heavenly Man. I don't know if you guys know this story, but it's Brother Yun. He's a Chinese man who was put into prison for his faith. It was one of the first books I read when I was a new believer. And it gave me so much like he had a Peter in jail doors opening walking out of prison story. I think he's in Germany now or something. He can never go back. Like miracles, New Testament kind of stories. I love it. It was such an inspiring biography and story of his life. The other one I like that I think is, it's more of a, if you're a speaker or even a coach or just anybody who's in business, we're speaking. And there's a book called Communicating for Change by Andy Stanley. And it gives some really simple steps for how to communicate well, whether you're on a platform or in person and shaping the message that you're trying to share with people. So there's so many good books, but those are three that come to mind for me. I love it. And I love it when our guests are able to give three very different, but effective <laughs> books. I can uh, vouch for the communicating for a change. The idea of talk about one thing, no, really one thing, no, really what is your one thing is very difficult actually, but it has so much powerful value for the listener on the other side. You feel like you're skimping, but really people are getting a lot more out of what you have to say. Well, speaking of keeping it focused, question number two, you can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice that you're putting on the card? The first one is something God said to me that I didn't listen to him about because I was like, no, that's not God. That's not right. But it was be careful who you partner with. And I learned that the hard way. And I just thought if my intentions were good and pure, theirs were too. And I learned some people wanted the blessing that they saw an anointing on my life and they wanted a piece of it. And it had nothing to do with wanting to help me. There were a couple of times it was just it ended up being really painful for me if I had just listened to God on being careful because who you surround yourself, you're impacted by. And so that's really important. The second thing is your instincts are always right. Don't listen to the experts. Listen to the experts, but don't. Learn as much as you can and then do what you feel like God is leading you to do, not like everybody else. Like I said, with that example of just launching an expensive course, like I just, I've seen when I do it the way that the world says or other people say, it doesn't usually work as well as when God just tells me and follow me. I didn't trust my instincts. I would say, trust your instincts, Jill. They're good because God's behind them. And I think the third one would be, it's okay to stop. Like it's okay to delay that launch. It's okay. If you're feeling burnt out, take care of you because you only give away what you have. And so if what you have is tired, that's the product. So I would take care of myself more. I would say, take care of you more and don't work so hard. 
because God's not worried about timing. So we shouldn't either. <laughs> I love that kind of going back to what you said before, the importance of rest in all yeah. of this. And I feel like that takes so much faith sometimes to it be does. like, I need to take care of myself, believe God can make this happen. Even if I go take a nap or yes. don't get this out tomorrow. That's mm -hmm. mm. question number three. How do you define success for yourself today? Success for me is less about results right now and more about, did I obey God? Mm. Even before that, did I spend time to hear him? Did I obey him? And did I love people? That's mm. really important to me. Success is when people respond to God, not to yeah. me, when they encounter him because of something that he told, like he's just using me in between him and them. And so if I see that connection happen, oh man, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Question number four, when times have gotten tough, what's kept you from quitting? Definitely hearing God's voice. For <laughs> sure. For sure. There've been lots of tough times. I had someone make a donation and then I wouldn't go on a date with him and he'd tried to sue me to get it back. I have had crazy things happen or writing the magazine and I couldn't find anybody to write an article that month. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, God, I just heard you wrong and this is too hard. And these are all the, my, my learning. I have so many what I did wrong stories, but it all grew me to, closer to God. And, and so I would say, just remember what God told you. What is his promise to you? And no matter what, you don't stop because the process looks different than we think it will, but the promise is still there. Yeah. When it's hard, I just remind myself of what God said. And I get back into his presence because then he brings that comfort and peace. And he always tells me, here's what you got off track. Here's what I don't want you to do. Here's, you know, let's talk about one day. He said to me, let's talk about your fears. I went to him about why can't I get this thing done? He said, let's talk about your fears. I'm like, you changed the subject on me, but he's not. He's talking about the subject that I need. That's uh, that's so Jesus, right? Somebody comes from him for one thing and then he asks a question and you're like, what, where did that come from? That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. He's like, I think it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jill, what question, uh, number five, what question should we have asked that, that we didn't? Oh my gosh. You guys asked so many good questions. I can't think of anything. I, I got nothing. I'm so sorry to <laughs> let that fifth one fall flat. So you guys, thank you so much for asking good questions. How about this? We've talked a little bit about it, but for people wanting to know more about your ministry, more about the coaching, how do people get in contact with you and, and find out more about the, because I know you have a, a value explosion over on your website. They can find a bunch of free things, a couple $47 things. Like I did the whole thing. I got all the different levels, but you can find how to reach out to me for coaching. And I do health coaching too over at jillmonaco.com. And on social media, my handle is Jill Monaco in most places like Instagram or Twitter and Jill Monaco Ministries on Facebook. Thank you, Jill. It has been an honor to have um, you on the, the podcast. Honors online. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.